Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and follow on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to learn self-awareness and self-regulation as a guide in our spiritual journey to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. We are on Acts 19, verses 1 through 8. And we just celebrated the Ascension, and we are traveling to Pentecost, these 10 days for the descent of the Holy Spirit. We ask for the Holy Spirit to come into our hearts, and we ask throughout the day. That is a practice that is very important and very beautiful, to say, come Holy Spirit, and kindle in us the fire of your love. We follow Paul through the Acts of the Apostles, and today we see that he has Apollo working in Corinth. We know very little about Apollo, but he's mentioned a few times in the scriptures as somebody who knew the scriptures well and could debate in these forums, just like Paul did. So it freed Paul to go deep into the interior of the uh, country, and he goes down to Ephesus, where he finds some disciples. And in these verses, we hear that there were 12 of them at the end of the passage. And he asks them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? So what would the answer be if Paul asked you and me, have we received it? Well, of course, when we're baptized, we receive the Holy Spirit. And if we are confirmed, we are confirmed in the Holy Spirit. And that is the actual descent of the Holy Spirit on us, which is the sacrament with its proper preparation where we receive the Holy Spirit. But the question can be answered also in another question. Are the fruits of the Holy Spirit, are the charisms and the gifts of the Holy Spirit alive in your life? Since we know that by our fruits we shall be known. And what are those? Is love and joy and patience and kindness and self-control. Are all of these named fruits and gifts of the Holy Spirit activated in your life? If they are not, Ask for the Holy Spirit to bring them to you, to make you more patient, more joyful, kinder. Perhaps you are with the disciples in saying that we've never heard of the Holy Spirit, which is the thing that they say to Paul. And so Paul explains to them that they've been baptized with the baptism of John, which was a baptism of repentance, that is, a preparation of the heart so that the Holy Spirit can come. We see that Paul then baptizes them in the name of Jesus and lays his hands on them. And they immediately begin to speak in tongues and to prophesy. These are the actions that we know are the Holy Spirit actions. Are you willing to open your heart, your mind, and your life so that these gifts of the Holy Spirit can be activated, so you can be counseled to those who need it, so that wisdom may be present in your life? so that you can have a sense of self-control when bad things happen and your emotions are not going to get the best of you. Self-control is one of those that we pray for to know how these emotions we feel can be channeled for good. And Paul continues to debate boldly with persuasive arguments. Perhaps that is not your charism, but it's more one of service, one of love, uh, one of action, one of counsel, maybe you're not really in on mission to speak in front of great audiences like Paul was, but ask for the Holy Spirit 
Your gifts are unique and they're needed in your community, in your neighborhood, in your workplace. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak with and through you. The psalm for today is Psalm 68. Sing to God, O kingdoms of the earth. The word kingdom is the one that prompted my thinking today. Because God, in his love of our freedom and in granting us free will and the gift of being productive on earth, knows that we're going to be exploring all things and that we're going to enter the tension between light and dark, between good and evil, and we're going to find ourselves in the universe inventing and building and creating and serving each according to our purpose. So a kingdom is a realm that is governed by a king. Maybe you are the queen of your household, or you are the king of a classroom, or maybe you actually have a kingdom. Maybe you are a CEO and own a company that has a lot of employees, or maybe you are an itinerant queen, one that doesn't necessarily have a family or a job that has a lot of people under your authority, but in your speech, in the way that others connect with you, you're able to reach people on your walk throughout the day. Each one of us has a kingdom, but a kingdom is a realm that is governed by somebody that has power and whom others serve and whose authority prevails in deciding both the, the identity and the destiny of that community. So people um, are under authority always in some way. And the psalm invites all the kingdoms of the earth, all the people that have authority within their realms to sing to God, to remember to look up, to remember the divine perspective. When we don't do that and we want to be the kings of, 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 of all kings and we want to have others serve us and we forget to look up, then the problems become sometimes big and we want to find the solutions for all those problems. And sometimes we can't. Some problems like how do we solve the coronavirus? How do we solve COVID-19? We are in the midst of a problem that is not easily solved. It's changing the world as we know it. It's changing economies. It's changing all companies as we know them. Uh, ways of working are transforming. People are relying on new methods of connecting. So we have to remember to look up, to place all things in God's hands, to look at things from the ability to see possibilities where there were none, to know that our creativeness and our inventiveness can address this situation for betterment of humanity. The psalm concludes with a reminder of who God is. He is the father of orphans. He is the defender of widows in his holy dwelling. He gives a home to the forsaken. He leads forth prisoners to prosperity. And that line is so applicable to today. We are prisoners in some way in this lockdown. Let's ask our Lord to bring us to prosperity, that in our pursuit of happiness, we may rely on him to open doors and opportunities where we had not seen some before.
The gospel today is John 16, 29 through 33. The apostles say, now you are talking plainly. I love the apostles. <laughs> we realize you know everything and you do not need to have anyone question you. Because of this, we believe that you came from God. At what point, and this is why I love the apostles, after how many revelations, inspirations, and miracles in your life and mine, do we come to the realization that God is active in our lives and that Jesus is the way, that he came to teach us how to live in the kingdom of heaven that is already amongst us? We say some of these things and sometimes we take for granted what they mean. But at what point do we realize that God is truly active in our lives? Here, the apostles come to that realization saying, now we realize that you know everything. They've been hearing it for three years. They've seen them multiply bread, cure the blind and the cripple. Some were there for the transfiguration, for Jesus walking on water. And yet now something clicks, something happens in their heart, and they say, we realize that you know everything. All of us have a turning point where we begin looking up, where we see ourselves as God sees us, where we recognize our purpose, and we begin to live from it. Jesus tells the apostles, you believe now how patient he is with them and with us. The hour is coming, he continues, when you will be scattered to your homes and will leave me alone. He's encouraging them, knowing that they're going to betray him. And this can be so true of our relationships. People very close to us may tell us, I love you. And maybe they betrayed us. They said something really mean to us. They abandoned us in a moment when, where we needed it. Maybe it's a friend of ours. Maybe it's our spouse. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a brother or a sister. And we can hold on to the grudge and not be able to encourage the person or see the person anymore because that wound becomes now the new the new normal and the platform. Jesus knows they're going to abandon him and he's encouraging them knowing that it's going to happen. Let's make it plain and, and simple. All of us are going to betray one another because we are imperfect and because we know that our fallen nature is going to make us falter. Jesus knows this and still encourages. Can we do that with each other? Can we encourage each other even though we know we're going to fail? People around us are going to fail. Haven't we all done this? Abandon Jesus. We've been afraid to stand up for truth. We've, we haven't fought for justice in our workplaces or in our homes or in our neighborhoods. We've known something that needed to be said and we haven't said it. We haven't stopped gossip. We haven't restored the reputation of somebody and we followed along in telling things that were not appropriate. Each of us in small and big ways can betray truth can betray beauty, can betray goodness in ourselves and in others, and the way of life. There are only two ways, the way of life and the way of death. There's nothing in between. Jesus knows that we are walking this path, and he's going to walk it without his disciples, but he knows the Father is with him. He's going to walk alone, and maybe you're feeling alone. Maybe you feel that nobody understands you. Maybe you've been furloughed. Maybe you've been laid off, and you feel like the world is crumbling financially, and you have to find another way. Look up. The divine perspective is the one that helps us to remember that everything is temporary, 
that this may have happened to you before. In my family, it's happened several times that either my husband or I, and one time, both of us at the same time, were laid off. It has taught us to look up, to say, God, you own everything. You sit at the throne. Guide us. You have prepared a destiny for us. You created us with a purpose. Help us to find it in this moment where we don't know how to continue walking. Jesus says, I've told you these things so that you may have peace in me. The peace may not be with the world. Maybe the people who laid you off did it in a way that was unkind. Maybe you just finished an amazing presentation like it happened one time to me. And that amazing presentation lays out the path forward. And the company or the group maybe takes that. They're going to move forward with it, but they're moving forward without you. And you feel like they've let you down. Or maybe you feel like somebody took advantage of you. They took your client and now you were laid off. That is not going to give you peace in the world. But Jesus says, I've told you these things so that you may have peace in me. Peace comes when we know at a deep level that we do not do this thing called life alone. And not even with the people around us because my grandmother died and she was a pillar in my life. And she died in the midst of this pandemic. And I don't have her counsel. I don't have her ability to tell me what to do and how to navigate certain things that were very easy for her because she lived through wars and, and many difficulties. But it is not the people around us. They will leave us to it. It is God. God that is with us. God that wants to do it with us and for us. And we come at the end of this gospel to one of my very favorite all-time verses in the Bible. In the world, you will have trouble. But take courage. I have conquered the world. It is in Jesus' victory that I can claim my own, even as the pieces are falling apart around, even as there's more disorder in my house than there's ever been because everybody's activities are multiplying and they're all contained within the walls of our house. And everybody's creatively inventing things. The girls have started Quanta Cakes, a business on cakes and, and the boys have started TikToks and another one is studying virtual reality and I am learning flamenco in the middle of my living room instead of going to my class and we roll out a yoga mat on the corridor and the girls have their scooters that they're using around the neighborhood and so things are moving around the house much more than ever before and that's such a small thing that you can feel defeated by such small things as a lack of order in the morning where you look around and you go, wow, we got to put order here. In the small victories and in the big ones, if someone has died, like I know people in Spain whose family members have died, where you know the world is not going to be the same. The victory of God is our victory. And in that peace, everything can be conquered.